0: This episode is brought to you by AT&T. Straw Hut
1: Media. My first moment was don't fall off stage because I've done that before. Um, So I stood still (laughs) and I started singing and I remember just watching the crowd light up with all the lights in the air and just kind of like fully being a support system. And I I remember getting teary-eyed and I turned away from the camera because I I know myself and if I cry on stage, it is like, it's ugly. It's like, it's bad. And so it's like Sarah Paulson, American Horror Story, bad time. And so I gather myself. I just remember feeling so alive, you know? It's like that feeling when you do the thing that you love and the thing that you're meant to do, and you do it with people who fully, fully support you, and there's no questioning whether or not you're supposed to be there. I felt so loved and appreciated and welcomed, and it was, that was overwhelming for me.
0: It's no secret that the relationship between the LGBTQ plus community and the religious community is complicated. Religion can be either a solace or a form of suffering for many queer individuals. Last week we spoke with Rabel, an artist who was kicked out of their church for loving a man. Today we talk to Vincent Kennedy, known by the mononym Vincent, another singer and songwriter who adds some hope to the narrative. Vincent was raised Baptist and found allyship and acceptance within his community through his peers, but most importantly through his professors. Now, he volunteers with multiple LGBTQ plus organizations to fight for acceptance and end discrimination.
1: I'm Vincent, and this is Pride. My name is Vincent, and my pronouns are he, him. I'm a singer-songwriter based in LA.
0: Vincent's love for music started when he was very young, by the age of five, he was singing, and by the age of 12, he had written his first song.
1: It all began with my dad, who was in a gospel group. He was in a five-person group, and they were incredible. And I learned singing and harmonies and songwriting from him, and he sang back on to a lot of big artists who passed to Philadelphia, and that's where I got my love for music.
0: He grew up in a religious household, but unlike many other within the LGBTQIA community, he didn't feel held back or discouraged from being himself because of his faith.
1: I grew up in a really great household. My parents didn't pressure me into being something that they wanted me to be or trying to find out who I was. They sort of just let me grow up and along the way told me what was right and what was wrong in the sense of others and how to be around them and how to interact and what was right and wrong in the sense of like morals. And so I grew up in a really safe place and so it allowed me to be myself.
0: As a result, Vincent didn't filter his art he was able to write and sing exactly what he felt without fear of judgment.
1: So whenever I started writing, I never had to think about if I needed to say a girl's name, if that would be popular, if that would be cool. I didn't think about that kind of stuff. I thought about what I I liked. I liked that I thought about boys and I thought about what made me feel excited and what made me happy. And so my identity has always been a part of my music because I didn't know any other way to be. I never had to hide myself from anyone or to feel or was made to feel like who I was, was shameful. And so the reason my music is so out loud is because that's all I've ever been.
0: This isn't to say that all of Vincent's life has been a piece of cake. It's never that easy. Vincent didn't shy away from being his true self. He came out as gay when he was 16. He was going to school at an all boys Catholic high school when he ran into some trouble with some
1: kids. I remember getting on stage at the talent show and singing and having an entire room of all high school boys kind of boo me and look at me and make fun and call me names and I was there was a moment there was a there was a a small moment on stage where I thought hmm this could break me like this could this this is something that could stop me from doing anything else this is this is what trauma is
0: but before Vincent could throw in the towel someone in the crowd spoke to him and pushed him to keep fighting
1: and then I remember looking over and seeing uh my theology teacher she was this lovely lady mrs barrios and She gave me a thumbs up and she said, keep going. She literally looked me dead in the eyes from the side and she said, don't stop. I remember going back on stage. I was singing something from the Cheetah Girls. That's probably why they were booing me. Um, But like we stand the Cheetah Girls in this house and we'll do whatever we can for the Cheetah Girls. And so I remember standing on stage and thinking, don't leave. Just because they're afraid of who you are because they don't know how to be who they are is not your responsibility to take that on for the rest of your life. I know that's a lot for a high schooler to think, but I come from a really intense household where we really appreciate ourselves, and we talk about ourselves, and we build ourselves up, and we build each other up. And so I wasn't going to let them get me down.
0: Vincent didn't see the instigators as bullies. He saw them as scared little boys who hadn't figured themselves out the same way he has.
1: And then I had to remember they also feel a really, really sense of, a really big sense of loneliness, they must feel or confusion of not knowing exactly who they, are, who they are and how to love someone else and appreciate someone else's beauty or gift.
0: In case you were wondering what Cheetah Girl song Vincent was performing, I'm picturing you singing Strut. <laughs> Cause I just feel like that would have been very fitting. Like I do love Strut by the Cheetah Girls, right? Like I think it's a Cheetah Girls too. <laughs> no, but it is. That, yeah, that Fox would Lana. be- You're no, not alone, no, no, I get it. Yes, that would have <laughs> been like, all right, boomy, fine, I'm gonna just oh, sing no, Strut.
1: I sing, I sing Cheetah Girls, I sing Cheetah Sisters. Oh, you did? I did.
0: I mean, I kind of love that. I feel like that should be a single. It was iconic,
1: to- I'm not gonna lie to you.
0: <laughs> For LGBTQ youth, it's uncommon to be accepted and supported by the religious community after coming out. Just last week, Rabel opened up about his excommunication from church and the impact it had on his life. But Vincent's experience at a parochial school was different. He attended Catholic school from kindergarten through 12th grade and was surrounded by allies at every turn.
1: These nuns were, godsend. Like I don't know how I got lucky with them. Some of them are crazy, but like crazy needed because I was like wild. Um, but I I got lucky because they were, they just loved me, and I didn't I didn't expect that, especially from them, especially in that environment, especially from what they're taught about us. And so I was always I always felt safe in religion at school, but at church, I was like, this isn't for me. I'm being talked about, I don't love this. But I felt they, they taught me that all religion isn't bad, just some people are.
0: Even before Vincent officially came out, he knew his community was on his side.
1: I mean, like I couldn't really hide who I was back then. And so I never, I also never tried it. It was so interesting now to look back and realize that people fully saw me as I was and loved me regardless. And so I bring that message into my music. I bring that into my visuals. Like the first music video I did, "Marrow" for the song Mero that I put out, was in a church. And it had trans, it had non-binary, it had bisexual, it had gay, it had pansexual people in it. And I wanted the message to be, just because you're told one narrative by one certain sect of people doesn't necessarily make it true for everyone. Everyone's invited to every place they think they're worthy of being in. And if you feel like you're not, I'm here to tell you that that's not the truth. You can be, stand, love, praise, whoever you want to, and that shouldn't be demonized because of who you are, who you love.
0: If you could tell your younger self in Catholic school, you know, one thing. Now, if you could go back in time right after he performed and was booed on stage and tell him something, what would that one thing
1: be? Should have worn more spots. That's what I tell myself. <laughs> I tell myself, go harder. Make them hear you, even if they don't like it. Because it's not about them, it's about you. This makes you feel good, so you should do it. More cheetah print, more cheetah spots. More like- cheetah print. I mean, literally head to toe. I- honestly, you should have bought the ears and the tail that you were thinking of getting. But you didn't because you were a little bit nervous, and that's tea. But also, you should have done it.
0: Vincent has performed numerous times in front of a large audience, but one of his favorite performances happened right in his hometown.
1: I had just done a headlining thing at LA Pride, and the next day was Philadelphia Pride, and it was my first time ever playing Philly Pride. And it was my first time that my parents and my entire family, like my my extended family, my my close-knit family, would ever see me head like I was the headliner for our state for our city. And I flew in and I'll never forget standing on stage and giving the speech about accepting your children and letting them know that you love them regardless of what the world tells them. And seeing my mom and my dad in the audience, just like so proud, like prouder than I've ever seen them of me, standing in my truth on this stage, crop top donned in the bright yellow bedazzled uh, shorts, living my fullest life and watching my parents be so proud, like tears streaming down their faces. And I'll never forget that specifically because after the show, my dad came up to me and said some of the most beautiful things I've ever heard him say. And a year later he passed away. And so that for me was such a critical moment in my, in my life because I got to witness my father witness me in my fullest truth and my most authentic self and It was also this beautiful moment because I started singing because of him, and it became this full circle thing of, I found my voice, I found my place, I'm doing really good at it, and that's because of you, and I am so happy that you got to see this before you didn't.
0: This moment shared between a father and a son solidified their entire relationship and proved to Vincent's dad just how much his son had grown.
1: My dad definitely knew he was sick and didn't say anything. And so I think it was more so, I now realize it was him saying goodbye and it was a whole bunch of other things. But he pulled me to the side and he goes, I'm so proud of you because I always knew you were strong, but I didn't know that you were good and strong. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, you didn't know, I, I think I'm a good person. He's like, I'm not saying that you care more about your people than I've seen in a very long time. And I was like, it's because we're all the same people. And he goes, yes, but you stand up for them. And I've never seen that before. And that was weird for me me to hear from him because I was always taught, like, if something's wrong and you see something, do something. Someone's being mistreated, you you stand up for them. I mean, if they're not standing up for themselves, you try to help. And I said that I've always been that way because that's how you and mom are. And he was, again, taken aback because he's like, I don't think they really realized they did such a good job in just being good human beings that it really rubbed off on me and my siblings. You know, it really like, we all have issues and, and problems and things, but they did a really good job of making us good people, greatest gift I've gotten from them. And so that conversation really consisted of him being proud again, which was like the ultimate because I'm like, yeah, I want you to be proud of me. like. Look at me now, I'm doing this, and I said that I would, and I know that it took a long time for me to get here, but I'm actually doing it, and I'm really I'm really good at it, and that's because of you.
0: Vincent's relationship with his father meant the world to him. Even with accepting parents, Vincent saw firsthand how difficult it is for some people to wrap their heads around same-sex dating.
1: I think we were driving in Chestnut Hill, and I was like, I wanna go to Tucker's house, because we're going on a date. Had to be like 15, 16. And he kind of was taken aback because we never vocalized it. You know, like I'm going on a date with a boy today and you're dropping me off. Did you know that? Also, I need money for this date. Love you. Um, And he kind of pulled the car over and he was like. A date, do you know what that means? And I was like, yeah, I know what it means. I just saw Rob and my sister go on a date the other day. I know exactly what it means. You go out with someone you like, you buy ice cream, you watch a movie and you go home. Because that's what I thought a date was. Um, And honestly, that's what I still think a date is now. but I told him, I said, is that, is that okay? And he he kind of stopped and paused for a moment. And he was just, I think, contemplating how to, how to approach this in a way where he didn't make me feel like he didn't love me because that was his biggest fear. And so he says, I love you. I don't know if I'm okay with you going on a date with Tucker. And I want you to know that I support you, but I don't know if I'm okay with it to which my little smart ass replied, oh, I wasn't asking if you were okay with it. I just needed 30 bucks to get ice cream and pizza. And he told me years later, he said, that was a moment that I knew that I didn't have to worry about you. Because if you could stand up to me, my dad was six, seven. If you could stand up to me in our minivan while I'm dropping you off on a date with a boy, then I knew that you could stand up to anybody because you didn't care what I thought. That wasn't important because what I thought didn't matter and the grand scheme of what you were about to do you were going to do something that you were following your heart and i was standing in the way and you didn't care that i was in the way you just pushed me aside and i'll never forget him being so so proud of He's like, i raised you to be strong and you were strong even when i was scared i said okay good for you i mean i didn't realize it then but now i realize it and it's it's nice i mean they did a great job in making me who i am they raised me to be really strong
0: when we come back, the pressure of representation, singing competitions, and new music. This episode of Pride is brought to you by at and at and supports organizations that strengthen the LGBTQ community. at and and the Trevor Project share a commitment to bringing an end to LGBTQ youth suicide. Here's a way that you can support the Trevor Project with at and Every time you post on Instagram or Twitter, use hashtag TurnUpTheLove. AT&T will donate $10 to The Trevor Project, up to 125,000. So start using that hashtag, TurnUpTheLove, today, and let's help The Trevor Project with AT&T. Since 1975, AT&T has been a proud ally to the LGBTQ community. AT&T TurnUpTheLove is an events, advocacy, and editorial initiative to celebrate the LGBTQ community, and to promote acceptance and allyship. AT&T celebrates the pride in you by offering meaningful ways to have a positive impact on the LGBTQ community. Discover exclusive content, contests, and events at turnupthelove.com. Welcome back. Today we're talking to Vincent, a singer and songwriter who gained a following after his performance on the very first season of the music competition, The Four. But his platform and power as a role model still surprise him. And he's reminded of his impact every time he gets a letter from a fan.
1: Every day I get a message from someone either in America or outside. And it's always a bit, I'm always a bit taken aback because it's, I never really think of myself that way. Like I always say, I'm, I'm not here to be a role model because I'm. I'm really young and I'm trying to live my life and I want to be happy. And I do things that I don't think other people should do. But also, if I can make you proud and you see me doing something that you want to go after, you should do that. If you are a little boy from Alabama who looks like me and you are gay and you want to be a singer and you think that it's it's impossible, I'm here to tell you that it's not, you know, just by being. I'll, I'll never tell you to do exactly what I do because half of the time we're making it up. We're trying to get there. Everyone isn't, there's no like plan or no like surefied way to do all of this. You just kind of have to be yourself and do it and make it work. And so whenever I get a message from someone, I make sure that I put that at the front of the conversation. Hi, I'm so glad that you're here. So thankful that you sent me this message. None of this is easy, but if you love it, you'll do it. Don't follow everything that I do, because I'm not completely sane, and I don't want you to follow exactly everything that I'm doing, but I also want you to be your fullest self. I want you to be as happy as you can be, and that that means looking at what I'm doing and modeling it after that, then go for it.
0: With fame always comes responsibility. But for Vincent, it goes beyond just holding himself accountable in the public's eye. He's also being a role model for Black queer youth, a role that he doesn't take lightly.
1: I don't take the responsibility of other people's lives on my shoulders, but it it happens regardless of whether I want it to or not. It's just the way being Black and gay in America and having this platform is. and so. I understand that responsibility and I carry it. And I make sure that I, I make sure that I am good. I make sure that I do it really well. I make sure that I say what I want, say what I need. And I go after the things that I think I want to achieve. And knowing that others are looking at me and thinking, I want that someday. I hope that he makes it we're cheering him on. is nothing but the most beautiful fuel that I could ever have for continuing it. And if some little boy in Alabama, or in Arkansas, or in California, or in Philadelphia is listening and watching, I want them to know that you can do it. You know, you can make it happen for yourself if you try.
0: Since coming out and garnering fame as a musician, Vincent has become a strong advocate for LGBTQ issues.
1: issues. Um, I started working with Love Out through an event that I went to at the YouTube uh, space here in L.A. And I went to see the documentary Believer that Dan Reynolds had put together.
0: The documentary tells the beautiful story of Dan Reynolds, the lead vocalist of Imagine Dragons, and his campaign for LGBTQ plus acceptance within the Mormon community.
1: And I remember sitting in the back of the room and watching this entire film and weeping through the entire thing, because it is truly one of the saddest, most beautiful uh, films I've seen.
0: Vincent says he knew immediately that he wanted to help in any way he could. So he went up to Reynolds and asked him how he could get involved.
1: And so from that, I became a, I'm became a member of the Love Out board now. And in Circle House kind of fell into that because of Maxwell Post and a bunch of other people who work in Utah or originally from Utah. And so I met with some of the kids while doing a Love Loud visit to Utah. I went to one of the Encircle Houses and met the kids, sat with them, heard their stories, sang with them, wrote songs to them. And I was like, okay, great. Now I'm a part of this because I can't leave and not, I can't not be here and not help them. And so they all kind of tumbleweeded into each other, into this beautiful kind of family and relationship that I have with the people of Utah, specifically the Encircle Houses and Love Loud community, because I... I mean, there was a need, and I needed to fill it. In
0: 2019, Vincent performed at the Love Loud Festival, presented by AT&T.
1: Probably one of the most chaotic days of my life, because we're in Utah. We're in Salt Lake City, Utah. We're truly in Mormon town. And so it's this like little gay bubble that's happening in the middle of Mormonland, and it's a stadium and I'm there and everyone's, I'm there with Parson James and Dea's there and Kesha's there and she has her whole team backstage and everyone's kind of like running around it's, the red carpet's happening. And my manager posts me to the side and he's like, hey, you're gonna go on like at a prime time, you and Parson. And so I want you to like really take that in. And I look out into the crowd and like, there's like this sea of darkness and then all these like pride lights come on and this beautiful rainbow happens in the stadium. And I remember feeling so overwhelmed with pride, which is like, I know, like cliche and like a little cheesy, but it was just so nice to see that in this place where I had never thought I would experience such togetherness and community and just queer life, that this stadium was rocking with people and they were all there for the common goal to support the LGBTQ community. For me, that was an overwhelming feeling because I never played a stadium before that. And I got on stage and I remember feeling like my body was like made of electricity. I just... I have never felt more alive than in that moment. And since then, I've always wanted to feel like that.
0: Despite the rush Vincent gets from performing in front of a stadium full of people, he says his music career comes second to his advocacy work.
1: At the end of the day, we're all supposed to be there for each other. And regardless of a busy schedule or me doing something that pertains to helping myself, there's nothing more fulfilling than helping someone else. And these kids actually need it. They don't have people who are going to be there for them. The people that they were supposed to be loved by the most abandoned them. They put them out in the street in the winter in Utah. you know. And so I think all of my needs are superseded by theirs. And if I can be there, then I'm going to be there.
0: Because of the COVID-19 pandemic, most in-person Pride events were moved to a virtual performance or canceled altogether. You'd think this would make the month less busy for LGBTQ plus creators, but Vincent says the opposite happened.
1: I feel like I did things every day for Pride last year. I was like, my house became a literal like TikTok hype house. I had to do, I had to be so creative with the things that I made last year. My gosh.
0: Now, as California continues to open up and more and more events are being scheduled for in-person, Vincent is busier than ever.
1: 2021 has been, Bit of roller coaster, the album just came out on June 11th, and I dropped four singles before in this like kind of consecutive, like purposeful kind of way where it's like, I'm gonna ease you guys into this. Hope you like it. If you don't, don't say anything, just go away and I'll and I'll leave too. But everyone else really, I mean, the the response has been insane. I just don't know what to say about it. I'm like, I'm truly like kind of gagged. I just, it's been, it's been great, it's been crazy, it's been overwhelming. I am on cloud nine, but also have been working this entire time through.
0: Vincent's 11-track album is titled There Will Be Tears. It features collaborations with other artists, including Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, Alex Newell, and Canadian duo Tegan and Sarah.
1: The collaboration with Alex and Parson and Queen Herbie all happened because they're all friends. And so I texted them very, very like shadily in the middle of the night. I was like, hi, I have a song. If you don't like it, don't answer back, but I love you. If you want to be on it, let me know. And they did. And The connection with uh, Princess Precious, who is on hire, was through MJ Rodriguez from Pose because we went to college together and we've known each other for the longest time. I texted her and I was like, Hey girl, I need someone from the ballroom who can actually do this part because I sound like an impersonator and that's not great. And within an hour she hooked me up with Princess and Precious is just truly one of the most talented girls in the game. And she truly just came through so fast and so easy and was such an iconic and beautiful person to work with. Uh, the most random, but coolest, collab on the album is Tegan and Sarah, And that is, I've met Tegan and Sarah. they're also on the board of Love well Loud and in Circle House. We've met in passing on carpets and it's always been the sweetest interaction by me fan fangirling and like running away at the end. But I tweeted at them because I had just written Getaway and I was like, they would sound really good on this. I'll tweet at them because that means I don't have to really commit to a text. And so I tweeted at them and within like, three minutes, Tekin responded being like, great, let's make it happen, send it over. And I was like, oh shit, okay, here we go. And then I sent them over the demo being like, hi, it's not done yet. I just got really excited. Didn't think you would respond, but like, here we are. And within like four days, they had recorded all their parts, sent everything in, were actual goddesses and have been the sweetest, most iconic people I've ever worked with.
0: Vincent says the response to the album has been overwhelmingly positive.
1: I was out last night in West Hollywood and I kept getting stopped. And that's the first time that's ever happened to me where I'm, I'm walking. I'm like consistently being stopped about the songs in the album. And I'm just like, I just can't believe it. It's so, it's so cool. Like we wrote this album last year and the fact that like my baby's out in the world and doing so much and people are loving it and feeling things from it is the ultimate win.
0: We're all still recovering from a year of stress, isolation, and binge-watching Netflix. But Vincent says he's never been more ready to get back to work.
1: Remixes and new songs. I started working on new songs in the middle of that album, and so now I'm finishing those new songs and working on remixes of the songs that are already out. We shot a couple music videos. We're doing some more cool TV things. I'm like busy, which is nice.
0: Vincent wrote the album after a few dark years in his life. With everyone enduring a pandemic, protests, political escapades, and life in general, he felt this was as good a time as any to release an album like There Will Be Tears.
1: I think the overall message would probably be that it doesn't always have to end in tears. Sure, there will be tears, you'll cry. It's sad, it hurt, it doesn't end there. And just because you're crying doesn't mean that you're broken I wrote these songs when I was in a place where I needed to feel alive again where I wanted to feel human again and I wanted to feel joy and nostalgia I wanted to feel young again and after the year that we had I knew that I had to make an album that made me feel like me again and so I think for any listener who turns on this album and listens all the way through and at the end of it is trying to figure out what that feeling is like, God, I want to break down in tears, but also I want to run through the streets naked and feel so alive. That's, that's the feeling. It's, sure it's sad, sure your heart got broken, sure you fell in love, sure you were angry, sure you lost someone. You'll cry about it, but it's just a moment and moments pass.
0: So, what's next for Vincent?
1: I can't specifically talk about it, but I will say that there are remixes coming for some of the, some of your favorite songs on the album, and there are a lot of surprise guests.
0: To stay connected with Vincent and follow his upcoming projects, you can find him on...
1: Any social media platform, any music platform, at B-I-N-C-I-N-T, I'm the only one that has that.
0: Your music, I'm assuming, is on Apple Music.
1: My music's on Apple Music, it's on Spotify, it's on SoundCloud, it's on Groove Shark, it's on Amazon, it's on all the things that you can listen to. It's in your grandmother's house, on her record player, downstairs, behind that old weird couch that she has. I'm everywhere. You can find me, you can listen, you can stream it, you can dance to it, just don't, don't fall.
0: This episode was presented by AT&T. Thanks for listening and helping us turn up the love. Pride is a production of Straw Hut Media. If you like the show, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Pride, and tune in weekly for new episodes. Be sure to share this episode with your friends and subscribe to our podcast for more stories from amazing queer people. If you'd like to connect with me, you can follow me everywhere at Levi Chambers. Pride is produced by me, Levi Chambers, Maggie Bowles, Brian Tillotson, and Caitlin McDaniel. Edited by Sebastian Alcala and Daniel Ferreira. Sound mixing by Sebastian Alcala. I mean, now I'm picturing like Sister Act nuns.
1: Fully, those nuns. I'm not joking. It's, it's kind of crazy. Sister Mary, Sister Margaret Mary, Sister Nancy and Sister Donna, like truly. I remember that, I will remember them forever.